Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, the Braves are working through their injuries, and the Bats are a big reason why. And on this version of Hawks Trade Somebody 17.0, do they really, really want to let go of five? And Brittany Griner got harassed at the airport. Who's at fault? We'll talk about all that next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's get it. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. ATL Day Ones is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, T. Now, the Braves get the, get the series win over the weekend against the Washington Nationals. Obviously, they took the L yesterday. But, you know, I think, you know, that's something. There's an overarching theme that has been going on for these last 10 games or so that I feel like is, it has to be brought out. And we start off with, you know, Max Free, Kyle Wright, dealing with those issues, right? And we had, saw some young, um, young arms get – we saw A.J. Smith-Sharver get his debut and how he did. And he, now, he wasn't amazing – but he had a solid start. I thought he was really doing some really good things. Um, he showed some good things, go, showed good persistence. You know, as he was going through the innings, he went five in the third innings, and the Braves were able to, to get the win. And also, Jared Schuster, he had a, a pretty decent, you know, uh, uh, showing as well. So, But and obviously, the Braves were able to get a win. But I think that being that they found guys to, to kind of fill in and fill in the gaps for the Braves until, you know, they're able to get healthy in that rotation. I really feel like overall it's the bats that have been coming up really big for the Braves overall team. Yeah, because in that five and one homestand stretch, other than what we saw in Sunday's series finale for the Nats, we saw comeback after comeback after comeback, sometimes in walk-it-off fashion. Right. And I remember saying it reminds me of when we used to call the Braves the Cardiac Kids because right. that's exactly how they looked. And again, I remember us and I remember even talking to some other people after that first, maybe second, I'll say that second comeback win. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, because I didn't get an opportunity to watch the game. I only had an opportunity to listen to it on Thursday evening. And it was 10-7. And I didn't panic. And then when I was able to get upstairs and, you know, get in, in the house and, and watch it, still wasn't panicked that, what it was it 10-10 that they took it into extras? I yes. literally, mm-hmm. at both moments in time, said they're going to win. They're going to win. They're going yep. to win. So, yeah, I think that confidence is back because, to your point, of what you saw that started with that Arizona Diamondback series, really, because think about it. You now only have two teams in the National League with 40 wins. The D-backs and the Braves. And Braves, you beat them. You beat them on the road. So that's pretty darn impressive for you to be able to beat a team that essentially is right there up at the top of the heap in the National League. And then what I liked as well is the bats with authority against the Mets. Jarvis, when you get into a team's head this early in a season, that's a really big deal because now they're middling. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's not even a race between the Braves and Mets right now. No, no. It's the Marlins that are three and a half games back. Not- yes, yes, yes. So the Mets have like multiple stairs and then you got the Phillies at eight. So the the Mets have two teams to climb just to be in the conversation with the Braves. But I think it still went a long way to say just a reminder of why we say you're not in our league because you're not. And that's yeah. when the Bra- when the Braves bats say that, that's when I think that's a big deal. And as we always say, it's not just the long ball. We saw hit after hit after hit. We saw doubles. We saw singles. I mean, we saw everything that we needed to see. We even saw a bunt one time, you know, yeah. RBI single. Michael up, Harris, up. yeah. Exactly. For, you know, when you yeah. start seeing the Braves win it any way that they want to at the plate, that is when you know, especially going into a stretch like tonight where they start a three-game series on the road with the Tigers, that's when you know that they're back and they're peaking at just the right time. And to your point, peaking without the pitching rotation being what what you would have expected it to be at this time. Yeah, like when you're talking about going from being a strong suit to kind of, hey, we're just trying to figure it out and get guys in here and hopefully they can go five innings. Like that's that says a lot about how this team is built. Like, And I think that, you know, when you have guys like Ronald Acuna, you know, when you're talking about winning games any type of way, like Ronald Acuna has six steals in the last 10 games. Like that's, that means a lot because when he gets on base, that means he's getting into scoring position almost immediately once he gets on. And, and just a little, and his OPS is just a little under 1,000. So all of those things like just add up to, you know, doing what your roster is supposed to do. Like when people, when there's a certain subset that's down or is struggling or dealing with injuries, you have another side that start to pick it up. And you start to see the defensive side start to pick it up, especially with Ronald Acuna and Michael Harris doing what he was doing. And you've seen that in the last few games as well. So it's just so many different factors that I feel like are really starting to come together for the Braves. And it's, it's encouraging. And I'm at the point now, <laughs> I'm at the point now, T, where I feel like this is the best team in Major League Baseball. Forget yeah. the Rays, all them other folks. I don't care about them. You know, the Braves are the are the, the standard right now in Major League Baseball and how you're supposed to be doing things and how you're supposed to be handling yourself at the top of your division. Yeah, and going back to Michael Harris the second, some of the encouraging signs with him is there was this one game where he was one for four. Right. But the way he got to one for four was the most interesting thing. I think it might, yeah. that might have been a Diamondbacks game, but it was the way he got there because one time it was a ball that was hit at like 104 miles per hour, right? Yeah. Another mm-hmm. time, 101 miles per hour. And then I believe 97 and 98 respectively. So when you're approaching the 100 mile per hour mark, that means you're back to hitting Make with power. Mm-hmm. That to me tells, that to me says that his back is just fine. So yeah. the injuries that were kind of nagging him a little bit to get started throughout this year, the body is getting back healthy and he's starting to get improvement, improvement, improvement on his approach to the ball. Right. He's also, yeah. he's yes. chasing at least at the rate from last year, at least he's not chasing the ball any higher than he was last year. So that's right. another thing when you, as you mentioned, as you start digging into the numbers of each individual and how they're getting back to who they were, that's the thing that is encouraging for the Braves. Absolutely. Um, one thing that I feel like, T, that's not encouraging is the fact that we keep hearing about Georgia football players <laughs> speeding, T. Like, I thought we were done with this conversation, but obviously not. The AJC, they have gone on <clears> – <throat> they're doing their jobs. Let me just let me just start there, T. Like, for all the people who are trying to get on the AJC about, you know – Digging and and not putting this down and not and not letting this thing go away or smooth over however you want to want to frame it. 
I, I think that, you know, if they if there isn't wasn't anything there, they wouldn't have anything to report or to investigate. So here's yeah. the thing. Like they came out with this report about, you know, the Georgia Bulldog players that that were caught driving 20 miles per hour over, or more over the speed limit. We're talking about at least 60 times going back to, you know, when Kenny McIntosh and, and even um, Dalvin Cook was on the team. Like, this has been an issue for quite some time. And I think that, you know, with the the, the crash that, you know, uh, with, with Willock and when um, the young lady had uh, passed away, that was just kind of like the apex of it, right? And that's what started the conversation as to what pe- people started digging. But this has been going on for quite some time. And I feel like, you know, we had this conversation not too long ago um, about, you know, being – Kind of okay with Kirby Smart handling the way he did, but I'm at the point now, T. I don't know about you, but I'm at the point right now where he could have been solved this by kicking guys off the team and saying, "Hey, this is why. This is why this. This is what happened. This is why this, these young men have been kicked off the team, and this is how we're going to move forward as far as dealing with this. Because you don't have to have a, a no tolerance policy in place out of field." But when it's going running rampant like this, sixty times, you four times, we're forty miles per hour or, or or more, you know, over the speed limit, you know, and it's just it's just it's just too much going on right now. And I feel like the transparency piece is the is the is the issue because Kirby doesn't want to be tra- as transparent as he wants to be because he feels like people coming at him. But I think right now he's at he's in a space where he has to do something concrete to say to draw a line in the sand to the public and say you know what we're not taking this anymore and if you guys get caught doing this going forward at least for the next year or so you're going to pay and it may be you losing your scholarship and not being on this team anymore yeah and i think that'll go a long way for recruitment of course we know that georgia had a big recruitment weekend just this past weekend Mm -hmm. and they landed a four-star running back so those are all good things however you got to think about those parents and whether or not they're starting to think and this is not to say other programs aren't doing it it's just that your program has the spotlight on it right now so you probably do have to do a bit of a preemptive strike now several weeks ago when you and i talked about this yeah We definitely both landed on the side of the expectation is not that Kirby Smart has to divulge what the UGA program's process is for dealing with these types of egregious activities, right? Mm -hmm. But the heat keeps coming. The heat keeps coming. And at some point, you're going to have to say something because it becomes a distraction. And you're a team that wants to focus on winning another championship, right? You want to get your three-peat on. Well, if you want to do that, then you're going to have to probably address this so that it does not become a distraction. And unfortunately, you probably are going to have to sacrifice somebody sooner rather than later. Like somebody's going to have to take this L. I was more thinking like when this happens again, because we always knew it wasn't an if situation. We always knew when. I was thinking, okay, when it happens again, then that would be the opportunity to have the sacrificial lamb and say, hey, you've got to take a game suspension, multi-game suspension, or you're off the team. But I think at this point, at a minimum, Kirby Smart is going to have to speak on the issue, and he may very well have to say, "Hey, just so you're aware, we have taken, we've made the decision to release this particular player or suspend this particular player because this is the AJC's investigation, Jarvis, that we know about. We don't know if there are any other national outlets that are going to pick up this story and just keep it going and going and going. So, yeah, Georgia's going to have to make a decision on how they want to manage through this, but they're going to have to do something." 
that is a little bit more than coming to the podium and kind of saying, we're not going to talk about it. I don't think that's going to play well for much longer. Yeah, that's no longer acceptable um, at this juncture. Speaking of uh, acceptable, was the DeJounte Murray trade? Is that was that a mistake? We'll talk about that next. But first, I want to let you know that this episode of ATL Day One is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook because it is the number one sportsbook in America. Guess what? You guys have been rocking with us Monday through Friday each and every day, right? We're number one in your hearts. We know that. We understand that. But how about this? Make FanDuel Sportsbook the number one sportsbook in your heart by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Because guess what? They have the no sweat first bet up to $2,500. Yes, I said that. $2,500. Um, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. It's safe, secure, it's super easy to use. You're not to worry about anybody getting all your information or anything like that. And guess what? With, with the NBA Finals getting ready to go down tonight, more than likely it's going to go down tonight. And Denver was winning on their home floor, more than likely. All you got to do is just go to on fanduel.com slash locked on to get in on the action. Uh, now, if you are a new customer, the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. I'm sorry, $2,500, excuse me. And just go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanduel. It is the number one sports book in America. Well, the number one topic in America in these <laughs> NBA streets is who is going to be moved at the trade deadline. Now, granted, we know that the trade deadline is in July, but legal tampering starts just days after the NBA finals, right? So you've got right. the, the draft on June 22nd, and I believe mm -hmm. on June 26th is when you can start to have those conversations. So to speak, but we already know yeah, those conversations already, are starting yes. to take place. <laughs> Right. And they go and they have to. I mean, you have to start ringing the phones to kind of put things in place so that if you're intending to, for example, get a situation going like a DeJounte Murray situation last season, you got to get that going now. Right? right. So that said, that's kind of where the Hawks find themselves. Speaking of DeJounte Murray. So there was an interesting article on Bleacher Report that talked about two, three team trades to make Jar uh, excuse me, James Harden think hard about returning to the Rockets. Now you've got to have a lot of variables in there, right? Of course, he's got to agree to that trade, if you will. And you already know that Nick Nurse has made it clear that he'd like to retain James Harden in Philadelphia. But here's the thing. We know what this league is about. And boy, do we hate it? Do we hate it? Do we hate it? But it's always about three team trades. And we know mm -hmm. that the Hawks have tried and it hasn't worked out for them of recent. With, right. with John Collins trying to move him. So mm -hmm. now what if a team is believed, and this is the quote that the guy writes in Bleacher Report, the team is believed to be looking for a home for John Collins, of course, meaning the Hawks. But some whispers abound that DeJounte Murray could be had in the right deal. Murray's due 18.2 mil this season, uh, may not be open to an extension limited to 25.4 mil next season because it's probably going to be more closer to a supermax deal let's just mm -hmm. be honest right. so at this point it becomes okay who are you actually going to trade atlanta is in a situation where they're going to have to look at significantly significantly shedding all of that it feels like we talk about in football dead cap space mm -hmm. it kind of feels deadish right Jarvis? Right. like yeah. to me it kind of yeah. feels like dead cap space but the reality is there are questions about Kevin Hurd. 
after you extended him last year and then you traded him. There are questions about Bogdan Bogdanovich and whether or not you're going to see that again this year. Like, hey, you just decided to re-up him. Are you going to let him go? Now the person that's coming into play the most often is DeJounte Murray. You went all out. You gave away first round picks and you went all out to get this guy who was supposed to be a backcourt game changer in partnership with Trey Young. And now there's a possibility and there's more conversation about him potentially being on the trade block. Is that a good look for Landry Fields new regime to be getting rid of DeJounte Murray after the experiments only been a one year in and B, only 25 games in at least regular season-wise under Quinn Snyder. Um, here's, here, here's the thing. Or in total, I saw, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, 25 yeah. games under Quinn, period. Yeah, so I think I think one of the things that, that really st- stands out to me when you, when you talk about DeJounte Murray, right, because we know that Travis Schlank w- w- was in office. He was running things, apparently, and, and we know that if this is well, – this is why I'm glad you said in the new regime – because I feel like they can probably make this trade or, or get get off up under DeJounte Murray because, you know, at the end of the day, like, they're not going to be able to afford him. Because given the, with this new CBA and how and what they agreed to, like, DeJounte Murray is almost not even an option for him to resign with the Hawks. He has to go into free agents because he would given up, we'd be giving up a lot of money. And I don't want to hear anybody talking about, oh, discount, play with Trey Young and all that stuff. No, nah, this man is trying to get paid. He was already on a team-friendly deal with the San Antonio Spurs already. So he's mm-hmm. already kind of, you know, played up under that. He's, he's earned his keep, so to speak, with that already. So now it's time for him to cash out. And I think that with that him being in that situation – that's why I feel like this was a very tough move to make back then. And Travis Slank, I feel like he agreed because, you know, he, he said it was a little bit rich, like to give up three first-round picks. Yeah, that's rich. And like, now that you look back, that is super rich because now the Hawks are in a, a situation where they got a lot, of, a lot of money on the books, and they're going to have to try to figure out a way to, to somehow subtract from their roster with – a lot of money on it and, and, and get better. <laughs> like, yeah. it, like, so how, how, how is Landry Fields? This is the biggest question that's going to be in for the offseason for the Hawks. How are the Hawks going to be able to get better by uh, addition, by subtraction? How are they going to be able to do that? Like and, they they probably going to have to end up trading John Collins for some role players, you know, essentially, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, this is going to be very interesting to see how Landry Fields played his bad boy out. And yeah. if they get rid of DeJounte Murray, how this new regime is going to look, how they're going to be pre- perceived going forward. Yeah, because in essence, Travis Schlink was in a disagreement with it because rumors are that that was more orchestrated by Landry Fields and I believe Nick Ressler. So Nick Ressler, yeah. mm-hmm. that would not be something, you know, so, so I don't know if they want to give up on their experiment that quickly, especially when, you only had Quinn Snyder to really get that backcourt where it needed to be. And during his time there, the efficiency rating for the Hawks, which the Hawks had always been like a top two, top three team in offensive efficiency before they kind of did a swan dive this year, right? right and yeah. then he came and then they go from number 11, which was kind of middling, middle of the road to number four. Right. So if you could do that in 25 games, I kind of would love to see what you're able to do 
in a full season because most of that offensive efficiency comes from what your backcourt does because that's where most of your shots are going to come from. Right. So kind of want to see that. The other piece is this. I don't find it to be a big deal that they package three. I mean, it was a lot at first, but I was like, but it's the league. And so it's the association. We're not talking NFL. NFL three pack, three top picks. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big rich. Deal. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jarvis. That, that's that's different. That's way exactly. different. <laughs> because your first rounders in, in the NFL just seem to hit better. They're more successful, right? But it seems like in the NBA, it's all about the veterans. It's all about free agency. That's where you really pick up the guys that end up taking you to where you want to be with the occasional exception like we see with the Nuggets, right? But even them, even they can talk about Aaron Gordon being one of, you know, a, a huge pickup for them. Caldwell Jeff Green Pope. came in and yep. did his thing. Contavious mm -hmm. Caldwell Pope. So there are still some things to say about a team that mostly built in the draft, but did a lot of building in free agency. So I go to this, Jarvis. I go to John Collins. And you can package up everything else. You can give that number 15 pick away. You can give that 46 away. You can go ahead and package Aaron Holiday, Trent Forrest, if you want to. To me, it would be better to move on from John Collins still yep. and try to package as many pieces in there as possible of assets. It may not be that you can give away a contract per se, but maybe you can balance it out with assets. And you and I kind of looked at that when we joined uh, Bleacher Report on Friday for their live stream talking you know, off-season trade talks, and they actually have this cool trade machine and just mm -hmm. kind of looking at what it would take. And I think while I respect what these articles talk about, I think that it's a little bit, it looks a little bit more egregious on paper than maybe it, it really is. So mm -hmm. I don't know. For me, I just feel like the Hawks can still do some magic, you know, can still work mm -hmm. some magic around assets that you can package with the John Collins and maybe help you to retain a DeJounte Murray. And in the meantime, still get yourself a solid four, a starting four. Yeah, and I and I think to be honest with you, like overall, I don't think that the Hawks trade Dejounte Murray. I just feel like I don't feel like they are built to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like to kind of cut the core like that. You know, yeah. and kind of operate as if they are contending for a title. Because yes. like it's like you mentioned, like Quinn Snyder, they they look pretty doggone good. You mm -hmm. know, went with that piece. But I think that you know you're gonna somebody is gonna have to go. And yes. if, if if I'm going up and down that roster and looking at like who has to go, mm -hmm. like Dejounte Murray is definitely not going to be one of those people. No, so like, so at all. so I, I'm I'm yeah I'm and at the point. Have, you, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jordan. No, I was just going to say like, I, and I'm at the point now where if you better figure this doggone thing out because yeah, I, I, I started to like what I I saw yeah. with Quinn Snyder. Having these two working with these two guys, and I, and I love how both of these guys, meaning Dejounte Murray and Trey Young, are bought in to this. They are sold on Quinn Snyder. So, yeah, it, you you get you figure that part out and worry about the money later. And if it, you're in a dire need to, you know, mm -hmm. if you aren't getting anywhere with contract talks, yeah, you trade them at the trade deadline. That's how yeah. I feel. That's how I look at it at this point. Right. So yeah, and that's maybe where I'm you at look at some contracts like a Garrison Matthews or a Bruno Fernando. And while it's not a whole heck of a lot of money, it's just 12 mil. But if that can give you a little something to deal with, then I think that's something to work with. And as well, I know that this is this may be a show and prove time because yeah. the last two seasons, you kind of heard luxury tax penalty was something that Tony Ressler was willing to go into. In April, and, we ain't talking about what you put on when you cook. Right. And so all of a sudden it's like, that's not happening. So I think that's something that the front office has to kind of reconcile itself to like, okay, 
we're looking from, you know, the bottom up, if you will, because we're still looking at the Bucks. Should they be able to, you know, get healthy and get right under Adrian Griffin Sr.? Uh, you know, you're yes. looking at the Celtics, who have another year under um, – their their Missoula? coach yeah. and Missoula mm -hmm. exactly Joe Missoula you just mm -hmm. you're still looking up and you're still kind of middling right yeah. you can go anywhere from four and five to nine ten what gets you there and so to me Jarvis it's another question is about the luxury tax I think that's a big deal but everydayers what do you guys think I mean you kind of have ten days to mull it over in terms of whether you see anybody viable enough to take in the draft such that you wouldn't want to touch those picks or are you someone who says hey I'm okay with touching those picks. And here's what you, how you would like to package it. Let us know. Drop something in the comments when you check us out on YouTube and we might just shout you out indeed. And of course, don't forget to download ATL Day Ones wherever you download your podcasts. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because this is how we get down on this show. Today is no different. T, when you think about the whole situation and how it went down with Brittany Griner and, you know, her being in Russia, being locked up, and finally were able to be brought home, you know, uh, Joe Biden uh, was able to, you know, negotiate uh, a trade-off. And, you know, we, this guy was a, a pretty serious dude as far as, you know, what he has done to the United States of America, and a lot of people felt some type of way about that. So this came to a head again over the weekend. When uh, Brittany Griner was approached in the airport, flying commercial, <laughs> by a guy who was questioning him, I'm questioning her, um, her, excuse me, about, you know, Russia and saying craziness about Vladimir Putin and all this stuff. So I, I think right now, um, T, I'm really starting to question whether or not the WNBA handled this thing correctly because they had agreed to do charter flights, you know, before she started playing, right? And apparently the WNBPA said that they did, it was up in air as to who was going to pay for it. So where do you land on this one, T? Because this feels like the uh, the, the the big brother, meaning the WNBA, is 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 at fault yeah. here. That's why I'm that's where I'm feeling. That's why I'm leading right now. Yeah, there are situations where the W can nickel and die. This isn't one of them. Yeah. This isn't one of them. Yeah. This is one of those where if you have to go to a corporate sponsor, you go to a corporate sponsor and say, hey, you go, you know, what's oh, the official airline? Go, you know, go to them and say, hey, you know, we we really don't want to send her commercial. Is there a partner we can have out there? I, I mean, I don't know. To me, it just seems like this was inevitable, right? Because, I, and, and I, I hate to say that because I hate to kind of go in on the league. You know, I support them with so much that they do do. But I will say, you kind of knew that this was coming because we just have a lot of people in this world who they really think that they have the right to just get in your space, right? Yeah. And they think they have the right to say whatever it is that they want to say, however it is that they want to say it. But what you, do, what you have to remember, WNBA, is some people are even more aggressive about not just saying it, but really kind of calling you to the mat as a human being and putting you in jeopardy. Her life could have been in jeopardy. Right. They're fortunate that it was not even more egregious. Yeah, and and I, you just can't tell me that somebody could find a dollar or two or ten to just provide the safety that she was expecting or expected to to have this season. 
And, and the, the unfortunate part is is the fact that a lot of people are going to make light of this, right? Uh, and say that, oh, well, you know, since you're you're being paid as a professional and you should be able to deal with stuff like this, this is the social media era that we live in and all this bull crap, right? But you wouldn't be saying that if that dude had a gun. You know what I mean? Because the yes. security guard came up kind of like late in the, watching the video, the security guard kind of came up in very... A, non, a very non-aggressive way. Very he, was, yeah. he was very much so trying to negotiate with the with the guy with the guy who was you know who was questioning um, Brittany Griner. So I, I I'm just in a space where I just feel like, and I was just looking at some prices, just kind of you know you know what uh, a charter what the price of a charter flight might be for a year or for for an individual, right? We're talking mm-hmm. about maybe. A hundred, two hundred grand, T, maybe. That's my point. That's you know what I'm exactly saying? Like, my point. we talk, we talk about two hundred thousand dollars. We ain't talk about yeah. no millions. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, come on, what are we talking about? Right. Here? I'll be honest. Yeah. I will honestly say this is where you go to the Suns leadership, and you say, in this instance, because you know each WNBA team is partnered with an NBA team. If you can't, we just got a new Mercury, owner, by the way. Yeah, HBO. Yeah. Talking about good right, graces, like the organization been in good graces. You know what? Don't worry about it. I'll take there care. Since y'all prove it, I'll take care. I'll do it. And I'll that's exactly it. where I was going with it. It's easy, yep, T. That's it's exactly easy. where I was going with it. This is not, yeah, this is not rocket science. You're their yeah. partner. Go to your partner. And honestly, you wouldn't even have to go to an owner nine times out of ten. A player will probably take care of that because you look at players like Trey Young, who can always be seen at a dream game and is always supporting the local team. You look at the late great Kobe Bryant and how much he supported. So there are advocates out there who he probably would have been a commissioner he if he was still alive today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's how. That's how. Yeah. I look so at you that, look yeah. at someone like that. Yeah, you would have. Yeah, you definitely would have had someone who would have not e- even if it wasn't an owner, a player would have opened his purse strings and said, "Hey, look." I want to I want to make sure she's taken care of. I want to make sure she she feels safe. And if a charter flight is what needs to happen, then let's just make it happen. Yeah. And especially when you already approved it. So you understand the gravity that what she's been dealing with. So hopefully they'll, you know, brutally. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things that we're going to be looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just move it on. Let's move it on. And WNBA, come on, stop playing. Stop playing around with people's lives uh, at the end of the day. So, T, we want to tell the folks that, you know, we want to thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen today. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. And our everydayers, thank you as well for commenting and downloading our podcast. We are we are right here for you, and we thank you for coming here each and every day. And coming up tomorrow on the show, how about this? Mandatory mini camps. They're back at it again. The Atlanta Falcons, what's going down? We'll have all of that right here for you tomorrow on ATL Day 1s. And people, if you don't do anything else, make sure, make sure if you don't do anything else for the rest of the day or for your life, you know, like this thing is serious. Make sure that you share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.